Yes, people, on your block today is the new episode of Echo Chamber. And before we get into this week's films, let's do the do and check out the UK top 10 streaming films this week. So at number 10, people, it is Jake Sadan's Kazdan's. It's uh, Jumanji The Next Level, people. Starring Karen Gillan, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. At number nine, it's The Greatest Showman. So that was from Michael Gracie, starring Zeandra, Zach Efron, Hugh Jackman. At number eight, it's Despicable Me Free, the third in um, this series of films, people. It starred Steve Carroll, Kristen Wiig, Trey Parker, and Miranda Crosgrove. And it came from um, directors Pierre Kufen and Kyle Balada. So at number seven, I think this is a new entry. I think is um, Greg Strauss and Colin Strauss's Skylines. So this stars Eric Balfour, Scotty Thompson, Brittany Daniel, and um, Donald Fazian. So at number six is um, Lamberto Bava's Demons Collection, the first and the second film. So now we're in the top five, people. And at number five is Dexter Fletcher's Rocket Man. And this one starred Taron Egerton, Richard Madden, Jamie Bell, and Bryce Dallas Howard. So at number four, it's Robert Zumakis' retelling of Ronald Dahl's The Witches, which starred Octavia Spencer, Christine Chenworth, Javier Bruno, and Anna Hathaway. At number three is Sing from Gareth Jennings, starring Scarlett Johansson, Tori Kellen, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and another one with Tagon Irriton. Ugh, it's going to be one of those days. I can't speak for sheer. At number, at number two, we have got John Watts's. Spider-Man Far From Home Second film of the week From Zeandra Jake Gyllenhaal Jacob Balton And Tom Holland himself Which means people At number one this week It's Mark Munden's 
to Secret Garden. So this stars Dixie Egerich, Colin Firth, Amir Wilson and Julie Walters. So people, that's the films. Um, Before we get into this week's reviews, let's check out a little bit of information on... So uh, sit back and um, open up those ears, people. All right, let's go. People, it is nearly March and your friendly neighborhood horror streaming platform Shutter. Oh, they've got some good stuff for you. So... As they do, they will be dropping a movie premiere every week of March, right? Every week of March, including, you know, continuation of season two of the hit series, A Discovery of Witches. So, the first film to drop on the 4th of March is Lucky, right? We'll be talking about this next week, people. So, uh, yeah, don't fear. But life takes a sudden turn for May, right? A popular self-help book author when she finds herself the target of a mysterious man with murderous intentions. Every night, without fail, he comes after her. And every day, the people around her barely seem to notice. With no one to turn to, May is pushed to her limits and must take matters into her own hands to survive and regain control of her life. Dum, dum, dum. So this is a written by and starring Brie Grant and directed by Natasha Kerman. Okay, so we've also got the following week on the 11th of March, Stay Out of the Attic. Right, so a diverse group of ex-cons turned movers. Yeah, played by Morgan Alexandria, Ryan Francis, Bryce Fernelius. You know, they're convinced by their creepy client, Vern Muller, to pull an all-nighter for a generous pay bump. As the night progresses and rooms are cleared, they slowly uncover the horrors that exist inside his old Victorian mansion, including booby traps, human experimentation, Nazi monsters and more. Will they survive the night? It is written and directed by Joran Lauder. So then the next week, on the 18th of March, you've got Slacks. Okay, so a a possessed pair of jeans is brought to life to punish the unscrupulous practices of a trendy clothing company. Shipped to the company's flagship store, Slacks proceeds to wreck carnage on staff locked in overnight to set up the new collection it's starring Romaine Dennis Brett Danahu Sierra Bajani Stefan Bogart and it's directed by Ella Kemphart 
Okay, so then, actually on the same day, the 18th, you will be getting Coco de Coco da. And um, this is, as an unhappy couple, you know, um, embark on a camping trip to find their way back to each other, a sideshow artist and his shady entourage emerge from the woods, terrorising them, luring them deeper into a maelstrom of psychological terror and humiliating slapstick. And it's directed by Johannes Nelham. Right, so then the following week on the 25th, you have a violation. Okay, so this was an official selection to Toronto International, Sundance and South by Southwest Film Festivals. With her marriage on the verge of collapse, Miriam returns to her hometown to seek solace in the comfort of her younger sister and brother-in-law after years apart. In one evening, a small slip in judgment leads to a catastrophic betrayal, leaving Miriam shocked, reeling and furious. She embarks on an extreme course of action to address the situation, but the price of revenge is high and she is not prepared for the toll it takes as she begins to emotionally and psychologically unravel. So this is co-written and co-directed by Madeline Sims Fuhr and Dusty Mancelli. Damn, right? They all sound pretty damn great. Also playing in March, you've got The Burning, Anteville 2, The Possession, The Devils, right? Sword of God. Edge of the Axe, Vampires, Prey, Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker. Oh, good. <laughs> good little title there. You've got Hosts. You've got It Cuts Deep, Game of Death, Shakmara, Nosferatu, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligri, The Great Gabo, White Zombie. Let's Scare Julie, White of the Eye, The Untamed, there is a lot people, so if you don't have Shudder, why the hell not, you call yourself a horror fan? People, it might only be March, but... Hey, it's time to um take note, because April is going to be a bumper-packed month if you are a Shudder subscription holder, you know? April showers bring a packed lineup of new horror films and series to Shudder. AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thriller and supernatural for its annual halfway to Halloween month with April marking the halfway point to Halloween, the streamer will celebrate its biggest month of programming yet. With a loaded slate of Shudder original films and series, an exclusive documentary, a library of cult 
classic favourites and the return of Halfway to Halloween Hotline. Some do Christmas in July, but at Shudder, they celebrate Halloween in April to mark the halfway point to the greatest holiday of the year. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they have got a lot. So, the second season of Creepshow premieres on the 1st of April, with new episodes dropping every single Thursday. You know, so, you have that to look forward to, people. Uh, also, on the 1st of April, is going to be the premiere of Train to Busan Presents Pen- Penusilia. Pen- Penisulia, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but you know what I'm talking about, people, right? So, four years after South Korea's total decimation in Train to Busan, the zombie thriller that captivated audiences worldwide, acclaimed director Yong Sang-woo, brings us Penusulia, the next nail-biting chapter in his post-apocalyptic world. John Suik a soldier who previously escaped a diseased wasteland relieves the horror when assigned to a covert operation with two simple objectives, retrieve and survive. When his team unexpectedly stumbles upon survivors, their lives will depend on whether the best or worst of human nature prevails in the direct, in the direst of circumstances. So, uh, yeah, you have that, people. Um, Then, on the 8th of April, will be The Power. Okay, so, this is set in London 1974, as Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country. Trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary, with most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital. Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that infests and has an intent on destroying everything around her. Then on the 15th is The Banishing. Okay, so this is from acclaimed director Chris Smith. And comes the banishing which tells the true story of the most haunted house in England. A young reverend and his wife and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. When a vengeful spirit haunts the little girl and threatens to tear the family apart, the reverend and his wife are forced to confront their beliefs. They must turn to black magic by seeking the help of famous occultists or risk losing their daughter. Yeah. Then people, on the 16th, new episodes of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. That debuts. And then new episodes every Friday afterwards. 
So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of that, you have that. Also, an event exclusive on the 18th of April at 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Pacific is the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. So, uh, yeah, we got that on the 22nd of April is Boys from County Hell. Welcome to Six Mile, a sleepy Irish backwater whose only claim to fame is the somewhat dubious local legend that Bran Stoker once spent a night in the local pub. It's home to Eugene Moffat, a young man who fills most of his days drinking pints with his friends and pranking tourists who come to visit the gravesite of Aberach. A legendary Irish vampire, some believe to have inspired Dracula. When a personal tragedy forces Eugene to go and work for his gruff, no-nonsense father, he finds himself on the site of a controversial new road development that threatens to destroy the town's livelihood. But strange events unfold when Eugene and the crew tear down a famous carom, believed to be the final resting place of Aberach, and they soon come under attack from a sinister force that has infested one of their workmates. As night closes in, the boys must fight for survival while discovering the true horror of a myth that hits much closer to home than any of them realise. So, people, you have got that and a whole lot more debuting on Shudder this April. So, if you're a horror fan and you don't have the platform, you're not really a horror fan, are you? Well, people, it is about that time again. So mark in your calendar the 17th of March, which is a Wednesday, until the 28th, which is a Sunday, you will be able to experience the 2021 BFI Flare Festival. So, obviously, because of the current situations, this year, Flair will be online, you know, but it will still be delivering a host, a host of incredible films, documentaries and shorts and other events, you know, it's got three streams this year, hearts, bodies and minds, so whatever you know, whatever type of film you like, horrors, romance, you know, thrillers, it is all here, and Echo Chamber will be covering it, so people, what is the Flare Festival, well, the BFI London LGBTIQ plus film festival is the UK's longest running queer film event, it began in 1986 as Gay's Own Pictures, 
by its third edition, it was tagged the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival and since then has grown to become the largest LBGTIQ plus film event in the UK and its most anticipated. The festival changed its name to BFI Flair in 2014 to reflect the increasing diversity of its films, filmmakers and audience. Uh, this year's festival is programmed by Jay Bernard, Michael Bliff, Zorian Clayton, Brian Robinson, Emma Smart and guest programmer Tara Brown. Right, and it is led by festival's director Trisha Tuttle. So people, mark it down. The um, booking lines are open. So um hit the episode details and um yeah, you will find you know links and all of that. So people, remember the 17th to the 28th of March is the 2021 BFI Flair Film Festival. Okay, people. So, now we've heard all of those important facts. How about we get into this week's reviews? All right, sit comfy. Let's go, people. So I was all set to watch Girl on a Train, right? In my head, I think I thought it was something else. I, I don't, I, yeah, I have no clue. But I was all, you know, all set to watch. Then I realised the film was subtitled. Wasn't what I was expecting. So I had to fast pivot. Fast pivot. And I was thinking, what shall I check out? And I settled on um, Crazy About Her. Right, settled upon that. It, it seemed like it was short and it could be, you know, could be endearing, could be sweet. So, yeah, I, uh, I did that. It's a Spanish film from uh, director Danny de la Odon. Okay, so it was um, written by uh, Natalia Duran and Eric Navarro. Um, and who do do do? What's the other information? Yes, it's uh, starring um, Alvaro Seracantes as Adri, Susanna Abatiu as Carla, Louise Zahara as Saul, Aexa Villagran as Marta. TXL Azadri as Tina, Neil Cardona as Victor, uh, Paula Malia as Laura. I think they're the, yeah, I think they're our, our main group of people, I, I believe. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's this Spanish romantic, romantic, romantic comedy, right? And the gist is this. After a magical night together, Adri voluntarily turns himself 
into the psychiatric institution where Carla lives. Right, that, that's the whole gist of it. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't, like, it, I feel it could have been more. Right? Could have been more. It seemed like a film that was made in the 90s. You know? Because it, it was all very... I don't know, it seemed very base level, right? Every, very surface, right? It didn't really go very deep. And it was treading on stuff that, I mean, we've seen hundreds of times before, right? Hundreds of times before. And, um, like, assumptions that aren't always made nowadays, right? And that was, I think, the baffling part to uh to a lot of it right so you know we start off and we've got this guy adri you know just a waxing lyrical to his friends how all right if you want something you just go for it and yeah you know if you're not succeeding in life you're it's all your fault right and um you know, one of his friends there, Laura, she's, you know, she's trying to be an actress and it's not really going that well for her. So we have this. And also, while this is going on, like we flash across to a girl on a motorbike, right? Girl on a motorbike who is Carla. She turns up at the bar they're in. She starts chatting to Adri. And they end up going to a hotel, right? But then they realize, oh, there's a wedding going on. So they crash the wedding. And I, I, I think from that moment, like, you're looking at it like, say, what? Because they crash this wedding where they look like no one in attendance, right? No one in attendance. So obviously, they're the odd ones out. And anyone at that spot would be, who the fuck are those? <laughs> like, who are those people? You know, and like, oh, are they your friend? Like, they'd have been kicked out of that wedding so fast. Like, so fast. And how they stumble into the bridal suite, it's just, again, not happening. Right, so it's just a bit like, look, I don't mind the whole wedding thing, but make it at least a situation where you can blend in. You know what I mean? Or have them be kicked out early, right? And in being kicked out, it then enables them to do something else. Like, there's more things you could do with that, right? So we have that. Then it's... You know, he's at work and he's all like, yeah, it was a situation and it was good and blah, blah, blah. And I don't have to think about it. But then every day he's thinking about it. But it seems he's thinking about it after, you know, a woman at his work reads an article that she's writing. Right? And he's just like, oh, come on, man. And then it's just little things right it's the way he found out the hospital Carla was in it, it's just you kind of think to yourself, like no one would have that in their coat 
right? So there's that. Then he had he would have had to have Googled or whatever to find out where that spot is. In doing that, he would know what sort of hospital it is, right? So it just makes a lot of the beginning, you're like, but how? Like, he'd have that information, like, what, what? You know what I mean? So then, it's just, like, the whole thing of, oh, you've got a mental illness, you're broken, I can help fix you. And, and her being, oh, do you think I'm pretty? You know what I mean? Just because like, I'm like, listen, like, bipolar, like, just because you have bipolar, I don't really think that you're necessarily thinking you're ugly right it was these weird assumptions that the piece decided to make which had you like what what what's happening here right then you're looking at it and being like how easy is it to break out of this place <laughs> you know like if everyone keeps on breaking out like what you you because we we're shown that there are cameras so it'd be like all right there's cameras so how are they breaking out all the time and not getting caught right if you break out fine but to not get caught right it's these weird little you know like she's got her dad's credit like how she got a you know how she buying a motor like just these things that make no sense right no make no sense whatsoever and to get into a, 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 a hospital like that now listen I, I don't man I don't know how Spain's healthcare system works but you know I know over in the UK to um yeah just to to get into a spot it's not as easy as oh um a doctor says that i should go here right that, that it's not working like that <laughs> you know what i mean so it's just oh man yeah it's just the setup was just nonsense yeah, I mean, like, listen, I can, um, just, having him go to the hospital, fine, right, I can, I can go along with all of that, but just make it a little bit more, alright, I guess I can believe that, you know what I mean, it doesn't, I'm not asking for Shakespeare here, but if you just make it a little bit believable, or a little bit you know, plausible, at least, <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, I guess I could see that happening, you know, like, all right, fine, 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 yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, but listen, that's just me, now, I would say that the film definitely, it had, they, they've thrown in a lot of moments to, give you that that sweet kind of aspect and that you know heart-wrenching moment they you know they have all of those strokes in there the things that a lot of people are expecting accustomed to you can find that in this piece right so um yeah there is that 
I would say that this is probably for um, fans of stuff like uh, Desperados, which I think we talked about, um, like Holiday, Home for Christmas, um, Valeria. I know they're both TV series and as well as Emily in Paris, but if you liked the tone, the feel of those shows, I think you would like this. You know, to all the boys I loved before and, you know, all of those films. Love Guaranteed. Yeah, if those are your jam, then Crazy About Her, I feel that's going to resonate with you. You know? Like a chalet girl and all of that. It is it is cheesy, right? It, it has those cheesy things and especially us. Especially the ending, you know what I mean? Especially the ending. If you thought the boombox in Say Anything is just a bit like, say what? <laughs> then, um, yes, the ending of this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> but, you know. It is what it is, right? The acting is, you know, it's it's doable for a piece like this, right? It, it's functionable. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't say that everyone is, like, crazy convincing in their uh, portrayals. But then, on the flip, they're not terrible like they're not stinking up the room right it's, it's yeah they're holding it down as it were but no one's winning awards <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah no one's getting an oscar for um for this film but it's uh you know it's a paycheck right yeah but yeah it depends what you're looking for if you want something you can throw on and you don't have to think about, then um, this this is for you. If you want something to really get your teeth into, eh, it's not so much that, right? It's not so much that. Now it might be, hey, it might be something you throw on with a date. You know what I mean? If you if you're not really looking to watch a lot of the film, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah, this, this is one of those, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, if you want something fulfilling, mm, I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, it depends what you want, people. It's light, it's fluffy, there's a lot of air in it. <laughs> oh, dear, but, yeah. It's there. It's on Netflix, so you can watch it whenever. Okay? So there you go, people. Crazy About Her, or otherwise known as a Loco Por Ella. Is, um, that is its original Spanish title. Okay? Enjoy. <laughs> Man, growing up at a certain time, certain things... Yeah, I mean, certain things are there at the forefront. 
right? There's the things that you see, the things that you gravitate to. And, yo, there was that point, man, just, I remember when I turned that radio dial and I stumbled upon, like, the rap stations and you start listening to the music and everything and you get hooked, like you are hooked, that's the thing right there, so, yeah, growing up through the 90s, man, you know I mean, you were hearing all the, all the hot cats coming through, and then there was that point when, you know, Biggie, Tupac, DMX, Jay-Z, everyone was like, boom, hitting the scene, and, you know, when Ready to Die hit, yo, that was a huge album, it was a huge album, but, yo, Biggie, you know what I mean, he, he wasn't here long, he wasn't here long, and it's always, you've always heard the rumours and the stuff floating around, and, you know, what the deal with Kim and Faith and Little C's and the Junior Mafia and all of this, so it was like, when you saw the, you know what I mean, Biggie, I got a story to tell, was gonna hit, man, there was intrigue there, you know what I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, on one hand, it's like, is this gonna be, is this gonna be the joint that, you know, lays it all out, right, because, you know, you watch some of these things, and they really tell you nothing, so, it was like, is this gonna do it, or is this gonna be some lip service, waste of time piece, but, you know what I mean, I don't know, it's there, right, it, it's there, and so, you have to check it, right, it, it's one of those things, you have to give it a look, so, um, yeah, that's what I did, people, Biggie, I got a story to tell, so it's directed by Emmett Mallory, um, and you know it's got phew, a lot of involvement from all those people from back in the day, man. So you, we've got um, you know, Damian Butler, D Rock on there, Sean Combs, you know, Puffy, Puff Daddy, Diddy, you know, so many friggin' names, right? Um, his mum was there, you know, Valletta Wallace, um, his grandmother, Gwendolyn, you know, his uncle David, we get, you know, a little bit from Faith, we get a little bit from Lil C's, a little Kim has a, a couple of words, that's it really, um, you know, I mean, then just a load of other people, man, Chico, Ollie, Herbert, Sam, you know what I mean, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting piece, right, so, the, um, the blurb, about it says this right this documentary features rare footage filmed by christopher wallace's best friend damon d rock butler and interviews with his closest friends and family revealing a side of biggie smalls that the world never knew 
So yeah, that was the that was the draw, you know, having all these people being able to feed in. And when this when it opens, you know, we we get some footage of you know the death, right? The the cars, the processions, the funeral. So you do wonder, okay, which direction is this going in? You know, but then it pulls it all the way back, all the way back. You know, so we see a, a, a young Biggie. And it's it's interesting. It's interesting because it tells you stuff, but then it doesn't tell you stuff, right? It's informative without being, you know, informative, which is a crazy thing. You know, but what we get with this, we get to see some of the influences, you know, and I, I think that's, that's an important thing, you know, we get to see some of the influences, like um, the fact that, you know, he, one of his next door neighbours is Clifford Brown, right, Clifford Brown, a, a jazz man, you know, and, um, <clears throat> That's pretty, uh, that's pretty tight, you know, so w we get to, um, we get to see that, we get to have that kind of understanding how this, hearing, he, he was seeing this person and like that side of the music, that kind of got him, that helped hook him, that bled into him. Right, so that's interesting. Then, you know, we get the footage from Jamaica, and it's like um, how he, you know, a lot of his uncles and and family over there were in the uh, in the music scene, in the reggae scene, you know, the sound systems. So when he was in Jamaica, because you know his mum says she she always made sure that he went back every year. So we um. You know, we get to see that, you know, how he's hanging around with all the people there. And, you know, when you hang around something for long enough, you get a, uh, you know, you get a sense of the language, right? You get to understand the footsteps, you know, you see the imprints, you can decipher it. So, yeah, I, I think that that gives us something, you know what I mean? Just that knowledge alone, that gives us something on, uh, you know, what made Christopher Wallace the notorious B.I.G. And, yeah, that's interesting, right? That's an interesting thing. You know, we... Um, we see up to the first battle, right? Because there's stuff that you know, right? So there's that battle. Now, like, they didn't talk... It's funny, they didn't have some of the other stuff that we know about, like some of the meetings with um, Jay and DMX, like some of those ones. And they only showed a little bit of the stuff with Tupac, you know? Which, I mean... We've had stuff that goes deeper into that. So, 
you know, we ne we don't necessarily have to tread it, but I kind of feel that the fact that they did go into it, it would have been good to show a little bit more, right? A little bit more of how that friendship bloomed, how how it became a thing. You know, this all we get is you know we we see them together a couple of times and. You know, everyone's going, yeah, they used to be friends, they used to be cool, and then it just changed. And then that's kind of it. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, but what else? You know what I mean? What was the stuff, right? And I think that was one of the, the downfalls of this. You know, we see a lot, but we don't, right? Now, what was... A thing we did see a lot of is the the drug game, you know how he was, you know, got into selling crack and that kind of shit, which whoo, I mean that's interesting. Like that's crazy because yeah, you didn't really think they were gonna go so deep into that because a lot of times with things like this, you know, it's it will skirt around, you know, those sorts of things. You know, they won't really go as deep as they did. So we see that. But I, I think in seeing that, we saw the mentality of um, of Wallace, right? Because I think um, everyone would say, you know, everyone would say that, you know, he, he didn't want to be disappointed. So he didn't go fully into things at first because, you know, and I think... That that explains a lot, right? When you look back at, at Biggie, that mentality explains a lot. Because there's some people, like when you look at Tupac and you look at the body of work he has. You know, you speak to certain artists who are close with Pac and they're like, oh, I've got albums worth of like shit that we recorded together and hasn't been released you know there is back back catalogs of unreleased pack stuff but not with biggie and that was always something that we were just like wait i don't understand how come you know what i mean I, i'd have thought he'd be in the studio all the time how come there wasn't that stuff but once you you know you see that glimpse into the mentality it's like oh okay yeah i get it i i can i can understand you know it, yeah he he didn't have that that mindset to be on the grind as hard you know if he wasn't sure about something he wasn't going to throw himself completely into it so i thought yeah no that, that that's interesting to know now a, a problem is you know and it, and it happens all the time you know a, a big chunk of this was people talking about oh yeah he thought this and you know he yeah Biggie thought this and Biggie thought that and yeah Biggie always was about this and yeah Biggie was all about and it's a bit like mm, that's all well and good but it's a bit Monday night quarterbacking 
you know, we, you do get a lot of that. You do get a lot of that, like people being like, um, oh yeah, no, he was all about this and he was all about that. But he's like, but we don't hear him saying that, you know? And that, that, that's, we, we need to hear it from him, really. You know, it's just be like, oh yeah, when he went back to LA, we, I kind of thought it was going to be trouble. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure he understood how, and be like, well, it's easy to say that now, you know, in hindsight, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, everyone thought it was going to be a, a situation then, and uh, going there and doing that, you be like, yeah, okay, okay. Now, what was interesting was like, um, you know, talking about like the Junior Mafia stuff, right? And it did confirm the fact that he did write all of that because I mean that was always a, a, a rumor. You know, and you kind of suspected it because there was a big difference about some people's material when Biggie was there and then when Biggie was gone. You know, you saw a drop off. So knowing the fact that he basically created all of that, you know, he created their personas, right? He gave them all of that. He wrote their material for them. You know, which, listen, I have no issue, right, because, you know, you do want to help people out, like, bringing people up who were your peoples from, you know, day dot, yeah, that's the thing, you, you, you always will help the people that, uh, that ride with you, you know, but, yeah, I, I, I think, it also kind of helps to give you that understanding of things, you know, that then you had all of these people riding the T, you know, this, that, this thing, you always saw them, you always saw them there, but not always doing shit, you know, so that's interesting, like, they kind of go into, it's funny, because they talk about Puffy, and, and, you know, Puffy does talk, and they talk about, like, the early days, right, when he was at Uptown, and then getting sacked from Uptown, but then they don't really talk about the establishment of Bad Boy, you know, they don't really talk about that, he does talk, like, there is some throwaway on the fact that, you know, Puffy had an influence over the songs, you know, like, Puffy would come up to me and say, oh, I've got an idea for this, and we should have this hook, and blah, 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 and yeah, you saw that, you, like, that was always there, like, you understood, that was the thing, Puffy was, you know, pulling the strings, you know, trying to be a Geppetto, as it were, and, because, you know, you see those influences, right, so that's all interesting, you know, there are some interesting nuggets in there, but, yeah, it, it's just, it was a, definitely a shame, like, there wasn't more on certain things, you know, because it's like, it's called, I've got a story to tell, when really it should be, hey, I've got a chapter in the life, 
right? Because this isn't as much the story, right? And it's not even the cliff notes. Yeah, you know I mean, it, it's just a, um, it's a skim read with a bit of a chapter in there. You know, we get a full kind of chapter on the drug years, but on everything else, we get a little bit of a skim. You know, a little bit of a skim read, and um, that's it. <laughs> like, it's definitely interesting having all of that footage, right? All of that footage. But, <laughs> I mean, but, the, the, the thing with it is, you kind of want to say, but, man, how the hell did no one pull you aside and say, stop moving the fucking camera like it's just never focusing on anything just moving and moving 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 like you, you used to think that um Sodenberg had that shaky cam <laughs> but god damn Damian Butler had that shaky cam it's just like Sometimes he just did this crazy close-up on people. You're just like, you don't need to be that close, man. You don't need to be that close. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, with all that, like, so much footage, and you know they must have watched it, and no one was a bit like, yo, you know, when you're recording next time, maybe not so close, or try and focus on something a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, hey, it's cool anyway. Because it, it does bring those times back. You know what I mean? Like, when they were in London. Like, um, yeah, you remember what it was like. Those concerts and the gigs and those little underground spots, man. When you used to go and just jam. Like, I never went to the Biggie concert. Right? But, um, you know what I mean? Like, I went to, man, like, Dead Prayers, Alcoholics, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, some of those ones, the Woo, man, and all they were all kind of similar. There was that vibe in there, and that was a thing. There was that energy. And, like, when you remember back to the days, everyone talking, when they'd be talking on the radio, everyone was always shocked. Everyone was always shocked when they came to the UK because, yo, we wanted a long concert because we wouldn't see people for ages. And then suddenly it's like, oh, these people are coming over. So, you know what I mean? We, we were not, like, going to put up with a 20-minute thing. You had to come. You had to represent. So there, yeah, you know I mean, there was always an energy, man. Everyone was so lit. It was great. It was great, and it was it was fun to see that. It was definitely fun to see that. I'm surprised there wasn't more of like Kim, like they mentioned, you know, Jan Jackson, like you know, his daughter's mother, but only very briefly like it was funny it was funny the things that they they focused on and the things they didn't 
like there's something's got a small little mention and it was just like and and then you're like whoa 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 what about that <laughs> you know what I mean like what about that you, what are we doing uh, you know but it it was yeah it it was um was interesting was interesting like there was a lot of different rivalries back then which again they didn't really touch on you know but i just think it was great to see the footage of that battle with supreme you know that was great so with this like it's 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 not the uh you know complete history of biggie ain't that you know, because, again, with the name, right, it was just like, you get the bit where he's like, no, don't call me Biggie Smalls, don't call me Big, call me Big, you know, Big Papa, Notorious B.I.G., don't call me Biggie Smalls, right, I gotta cease and desist, so we ain't talking, and it's a bit like, alright, so, what, you know, you could have gone into how he decided to go with that name, you know, from MC Quest, I'm glad he went from MC Quest because that's just like, oosh. but you know, maybe something on yo. He chose the name because, right? So it would, you know, those sort of things. It would have been great, but um, yeah, it, it gives you an understanding. Gives you an understanding on the mentality of Big. You know, the fact that they hung out on the block all the time. And they didn't really go anywhere. And it wasn't until, you know, certain people came and were like, yo, let's, you know what I mean, let, let me take you for a ride, right? Let us go here. Let us go there, right? So I thought that was interesting. You know, the, the, the fact that there was that. But. It doesn't go, it doesn't really go into certain areas. So it's interesting. It will fill in some gaps. But yeah, there's still plenty of story to tell. But, uh, you know, it's on Netflix. It is, it's nice to hear, um, you know, those memories that come back when you hear the songs and you see certain things you know that's yeah you get that so there's some nostalgia to this but um yeah it's not it, it's maybe not the documentary we hoped for you know which is a shame right it is a shame and maybe a tv series like could have been the thing you know maybe that would have been a, a better vehicle to really kind of delve into who Notorious B.I.G. was. You know what I mean? You could give so many episodes to a certain chapter of his life. But, um, you know, this is what we got. So, people, if you, uh, you know what I mean? If, if you grew up at that time, if you love rap music, then, you know, yeah. This is it's gonna be interesting, but um, it's not it's not really the doc we were hoping for. But 
it does give us a little something. So, Biggie, I got a story to tell. It's on Netflix, so you can delve in. It's 97 minutes, you know? So, yeah, there you go, people. Relive some of that 90s flavor. Baby, baby. So sometimes you watch a film that is a little hard to explain. Not because it's bad, just because the way it approaches its themes and everything like that. And um, yeah, Natasha Kamani has one of those. Right, so um, in her third feature film, you know, she teams up with Brie Grant to um, create Lucky. So Natasha directs and uh, Grant, she writes and she also takes the leading role in this piece. It's produced by Chelsea Davenport, Patrick Ewald, Robert V. Glazo and Kimberly Huang. The music is Jeremy Zuckerman. Cinematography is Julia Swan. And um, our cast, well, as I said, Grant, she takes the uh, lead role as May. We then have um, Jurov Uday Singh as Ted, her husband. Uh, there's also um, Kuzar Mohammed as Sarah, Ted's sister. And Yasmin Aula Bastami as Edie, and that's May's assistant. And, um, Grush, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's Lee M. Burke who plays, um, May's agent. Yeah, I think that's it. They're our main, um, yeah, they're our main group, right? That's our main group. Now, you might think to yourself, hmm, what is this film about? Well, I can let you know, people. So, life takes a sudden turn for May, a popular self-help book author, when she finds herself the target of a mysterious man with murderous intentions. Every night, without fail, he comes after her. And every day the people around her barely seem to notice. With no one to turn to, May is pushed to her limits and must take matters into her own hands to survive and to regain control of her life. Yeah, that is it, people. You know what I mean? Now, as I said, look, this is a, it's a weird, interesting film. You know, so it, it starts off, right, and we've got, um, yeah, May, you know, she's um, walking with books, right, walking with a box of books, you know, she's leaving her office, I mean, first of all, we see her kind of looking at stuff, we get these close-ups, but yeah, she she's leaving, um, you know, the, the office, going to the car park, and she's trying to get into a car, which is a kind of a, an odd, insignificant scene, 
it does kind of we do loop back to it right so um yeah you know she's leaving the office she goes home and we're kind of thinking okay what's yeah what's happening here you know in the car park she's kind of looking around like she's a little worried so at first you're thinking oh there's a killer in her car she's gonna get kidnapped like what's gonna happen but no none of that happens right so she goes home and um you know we see her tidying up you know she finds some glass on uh, the, the table well not quite like she's have well she's tidying up and then she's eating ice cream with a guy who were kind of assuming okay that must be her husband partner something like that and while they're eating she finds a shard of glass on the table yes that's when she finds it and this whole kind of interaction it feels a little aloof right She's trying to convince him to try some ice cream. And he's like, oh, everyone likes this. And blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, eh, you know, but maybe I don't. You know, and it's this weird kind of little conversation. And then they go to, um, they go to bed. Lying in bed, then they hear this noise. Right? And then, it, you know, this is when it all kind of kicks in. You know, this guy. Right, she gets up in the middle of the night and she sees someone out of the window. And it's like, oh shit. So she wakes Ted up. And this is when it's even, like, you're kind of like, wait, huh? Because it's the way Ted responds to her, May, waking him up. Right, just like, oh, there's a guy. And he's like, oh, right, okay. That must be the guy that comes, you know. To try and kill us each day. Oh, it sounds like he's really going for it tonight. And, you know, he's getting up. He's picking up a golf club. And what are he's thinking? Ah, hopefully he doesn't have any serious weapons this time. You know, this whole nonchalant. It's, again, this kind of aloof attitude. And so we get into this whole big thing. Right? This whole big thing. And... I think one point that's very interesting, right? So, Ted, you know, after it's all said and done, he, he, he says to May, huh, you didn't come and check on me. Okay. Right? And, again, it seems like a throwaway line. But I feel there's something to it. Right, so this film goes on, and we're getting more and more incidents of this guy, you know, coming to the house. But, the, you know, the time frame seems to change, right? The intensity of the attacks seems to change as the film goes on, right? So we're having all of this. And then we're getting, you know, we're, we're coming into May's life a bit more. Like, she sits down with her agent talking about, you know, her book. And 
and all of this and there's kind of the whole idea that maybe there's not going to be another book right and i you know he's like oh you know do you want to do some more press tours and she's not really into that so we're seeing all of this but while you know may is kind of dealing with all of these things affecting her life we're then seeing the way she's interacting with the people around her right so you know her interactions with ted always they don't seem great right they they seem a bit tense we see her interactions with ted's sister sarah again very tense and her assistant edie like whew, i mean <laughs> she's trying to treat edie like edie's a piece of shit right so it's all a bit like you're like huh okay what's up with may now we um i think it's it, it's very important to know that although you know she's getting attacked and all of this she's not really letting anyone in you know she's not really like begging all these people for help like sarah's like hey come stay at mine she's like nope not doing that you know what i mean like Edie's like oh do you want me to stay over do you want me to nope nope <laughs> like basically telling you to go fuck herself you know what i mean uh, and so you're like huh okay but you know the police come over all of this and you know it's just like no one they don't seem very bothered about it you know again they seem a little nonchalant like ted's response at the beginning now we never really see the this you know killer this dude's face right it's kind of it's like he's wearing a mask a la jason but it's not a jason mask you know it's kind of translucent like he's got cling film over the face you know so you can kind of see the face but you can't see that you can't really make out the features and i think as the film you know goes on there is this conceit well i say that it might just be me right but i'm, I'm kind of thinking that you you have a guess who the um who the guy might be although right you do like it doesn't really make any sense because of you know the the, the earliest you know the scene at the very beginning but you're just like maybe it's ted maybe it's ted right and uh you know but you're like ah, but it can't be but maybe this is a you know this crazy twist or something something who knows what's going on but you're like what is going on right is this an uh an allergy for domestic abuse like is this an allergy for fear like you know because she's got a self-help book and 
you know, in one of the Q&As that we see, like, people are asking her these questions, and, you know, she's a bit like, I don't really want to answer these questions. You know, whether it's just like, ugh, I, you know what I mean? I haven't got to that stage yet. Or that's, you know, you feel some questions, you'd be like, yeah, that's in the book. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and you can see the fatigue it brings on. But the other thing I really like is the fact that you see this wear and tear on May, right? The the sleepless nights, just the stress, the oppression of all these events on her shoulders. You see that in May, the deterioration of her. So I think that's very interesting. Right, so, you know, the film is going on and you're wondering, okay, so, what what is the theme of this? Like, where are we going, you know? Now, um, the director, right, um, she had, uh, you know, Natasha, she had some, she's got a statement on the film that's in the press kit. Right, and she says, Lucky is a film that peers through the looking glass into a surreal version of our own world. It is a genre story with real life horrors just below the surface. It is a story that needs to be told, um, told now. Bree's script has created a world that is nightmarish parallel to the one we live in close enough to feeling terrifying when it starts to unravel our main character may is an every woman reliable relatable and written with a sharp sense of humor we are pulled into the the story which is grounded by by Bree's wonderfully natural performance we see may physically and emotionally change trapped as the world around her grows more and more strange the walls are closing in around her like they have for so many women throughout time and we are rooting for her as she tries to fight back as dryly funny as it is deeply upsetting we hope that this film will be seen truly as a story of our times Right, so you do get a sense from that that the film is, you know, it is an allergy, it is a metaphor for, you know, today's society. And I think people disregarding things that women say. So I I think that's, uh, you know, a big thing of the film. And, you know, to some extent, right, you can roll your eyes at that. I do like the fact, though, that May's a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look, she, I think she wants to be seen that she can stand on her own two feet. But by doing that, we have May, you know what I mean? Like, treat people a bit shitty, some of the people that are trying to help her, you know, like, there's a scene with the, her agent, and he's like, oh, you should be, 
yeah, man, you should be really lucky they want to do another book. And she's just like, no, 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 no. I've worked hard. I've done all this, this, and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of a bit like, well, yes, right? But that's not what he's saying. He's not kind of, he didn't say, you know, oh, you should be, um, you know, lucky that, you know, your your people like your work or anything like that you know, or you're successful, but it's just, you know, because he's like, yeah, the market is rubbish right now, so it's, you know, lucky that they want to publish another book, you know, because they might not, and that's not about talent, but I think she's a bit like, no, 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 I work hard, I got here, blah, 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 you know what I mean? So I, I, I think there's moments like that, it's like moments where, you know, Sarah's trying to help her, Evie's trying to help her, and she's just like, no, and she's really just rude to them, even though they try to help, and this is even more highlighted towards the end, right, where you see May just not really look, trying to look out for anyone else, just herself, which I think that is a big thing, you know, like, if you watch films like Bombshell, or just hear certain accounts of certain things that have happened, say, and you, you know, like in Bombshell, uh, Robert Ells is, Robert Ells? I think it's Robert Ells, or Bruce Ells, you know, but anyway, he's secretary, like, she knows exactly what's going on, but she, you know, she calls these women up and be like, oh, he wants to see you, Oh, go to his office. You know, it would know kind of like, yeah, because obviously, look, it's her job, right? But she's going to be like, hey, um, he wants to see you. Be like, be careful. You know what I mean? Don't go on your own. Or, um, you know what I mean? Just something, a little warning, something. And, yeah, I think that's something we see. People, you know, get into situations and they don't always help other, like, women don't always help other women, which I think is something that is shown here, so it's not just a, yeah, women are all helpless, blah, 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 feel bad for women, you know, but it's also, listen, this happens, and it's she, but, you know, I mean, maybe sometimes, right, not all the time, and it's not to say blame women, right, but it's just like, yeah, they don't always help each other, right, don't always help each other, and I think that's shown in the film, maybe I'm wrong, right, maybe I'm reading something into this that's not there, but that's what I thought we were seeing, and that made it interesting to me, right, because, yeah, it, it, it's not just a feel sorry for us, it's just like, this is a, this is a thing, this is a pattern that keeps on going, like with the film, you're kind, it's not Groundhog Day, but we are, we do get this sense of looping, right, this sense of 
deja vu like we've seen this before this has happened before you keep on repeating these things you know like there is a mali a malu mm. <laughs> oh my gosh molder no scully scully was the woman in x-files wasn't it yes molder was the dude scully there is a scully sense to maine as in you know when this guy keeps on coming she's just like oh like why are you here like what are you doing and you're in it's just like yo you can't talk to this person like what are you doing you're kind of expecting him to be like yeah you know what i'm bad yeah don't worry about it <laughs> we're cool i'm sorry i'm ah forgive me for being an asshole no 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 they you is gonna continue right uh, unless you stop it this will continue right so it, it is you you do see that which does make you know may this weird sort of um character where yeah obviously you're thinking ah come on <laughs> don't get killed but then you're also you're an asshole hmm you know, which, yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting position to take, which, why I kind of feel lucky, yeah, it's, it's a film that is worth checking out, right? I, you know, it takes some interesting approaches to camera angles and, you know, just the look of things, you know, stuff like that. So visually, it's kind of interesting to watch, you know? And um, people, you will be able to watch it, because it is dropping on Shudder. Yes, your favorite platform for horror and freaky shit. So it's dropping on Shudder on um, Thursday, the 4th of uh, March, which is today. So, um, yeah. Go check it out because uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'd say it's worth watching with some really good performances from, um, you know, our, our main cast of Brie. You know, she's uh, very good. So is Kazir Mohammed, um, Yasmin Alabastami, and Juva Uday Singh. You know, and Lee Burke, right? Yeah, they all they all give us very good performances in you know what their characters are trying to portray. So yeah, definitely worth checking out, and especially if you liked Bree's um, twelve hour shift, which we you know spoke about recently, you know, as that was part of uh, Final Girls Berlin, you know. So um, yeah, people. Go check it out, because it is that weird invader slasher, you know, it's a, it's a different approach to that genre. So yeah, lucky, you'll find it on Shudder, go take a look. <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, people, so as we reach the close of another episode, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. Um, so, Jennifer Cole and Leo Matsududa have been tasked with directing the uh, live action animated hybrid. Hello Kitty film <laughs> that's gonna be hitting uh, New Line Cinema, right? So this is produced by Bo Flynn, and it's getting uh, a script from Lindsay Beer, right? So um, yeah, no word on what the actual film is gonna be about, but uh, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a crazy concept, but a load of people love that brand. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, you have that to look forward to, people. Now, in the um, past few weeks, there's been a lot of chatter about the um, the new Dungeons and Dragons film that will be coming from Hasbro and Paramount, and they've just. Uh, cast another two people so uh, Sophia Lillies is um, on board to play a character called Doric and the main villain has been set the main villain's called Forge Fletcher which I don't know doesn't really sound very ominous but uh, Hugh Grant will be um, you know taking a stab and uh, bringing the big bad to the screen so we'll have to see how that one works out you know uh so other things right um we're getting a live action pinocchio film at disney this is from robert zumakis and uh cynthia erivo has um she's joined up to play a blue fairy i don't remember a blue fairy in pinocchio but uh anyway uh joseph gordon levitt will be playing a jiminy cricket so tom hanks is already on board to play uh, giuseppo and luke evans is playing the uh, coachman um yeah i don't know we've also got keegan mitchell key he's voicing honest john um and benjamin evan uh ainsworth is voicing pinocchio so yes i mean there's also lorraine um bracco who has a character called Sophia the Seagull, which I think is meant to be new. So um, Chris Welt is providing the script. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how this um, comes about, right? Uh, so um, yeah, Ed Harris is um, taking a stab at his first directorial, third directorial feature. Uh, so this will be called, oh gosh, where is it? The Plowman, right? So um, it's going to uh, st- 
star Robert Duval and Garrett Hewland. Um, who will Hewland will be playing a dep a haunted deputy sheriff and Duval an incarcerated old murderer who uh, supposedly they form a um, you know a strange friendship in the county jail that will transform their lives <laughs> So the film also will be uh, starring Amy Madigan and um, Lily Harris. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with that one. Okay, so um, yeah, we we're getting a lot of biopics, you know, and um, we're getting one more. Because, people, Ronaldo Marcus Green, you might recognise the name, he's uh, behind um, King Richard, you know, well, he's been tasked to um, make a film about Bob Marley, yeah, you know, should be interesting, right, um, it's being uh, produced by uh, a, a lot of the Marley clan. So we got Ziggy, Rita, and Sedella, as well as Robert Tettle. Right. So um, yeah, I mean Marley. He, you know, I mean he died at 36, but whew, yeah, I mean, he uh, he definitely had a lot to say, and his music is, uh, you know, what I mean, it's living on to this day. So it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. I mean, this is uh, not really a surprise, but they're gonna be making a fourth Jumanji film. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I mean. Yeah, the others have made so much change. Of course they were going to do that, right? Uh, so, you know, I think a lot of the, uh, the, you know, the crew from the other films are coming back. So, yeah, we will uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I hear that the other films are great. So I think at some point I will be uh, checking those out. Uh, so we've got some movement on the film release front, you know. Uh, so first of all, right, uh, F9, the Fast Saga, that's got pushed back um, about a month, right? It was due to drop on the 28th of May, but now it will be the 25th of June. Uh, the Minions film, The Rise of Gru, that, you're going to have a bit longer to uh, wait for that one. So it was due the 2nd of July. It will now be dropping the 1st of July next year. So 2022. Right. Um, Peter Rabbit 2, that's been um, brought forward. Right, was scheduled on the 11th of June. It will now be um, irritating people on the 14th of May. 
and um, Netflix. So they've got their Woman in the Window. That will now be that. That's locked in for the 14th of May. And um, Kevin Hart's Fatherhood. It'll be uh, coming on the 18th of June. And sticking with Netflix, right? They've um, just picked up rights for uh, Operation Mincemeat, which is a World War II film starring Colin Firth. So it's set in 1943 when the Allies were determined to break Hitler's grip on occupied Europe. And is the remarkable true story of um, two intelligence officers, Ewan Montague, played by Firth, and Charles Colomodelli, played by Matthew McFadden. Right, so um, these two chaps conjure an inspired and improbable disinformation strategy centered on the most unlikely of secret agents a dead man it was a plan that helped turn the tide of the whole war hmm it is also starring kelly mcdonald um penelope witten jason isaacs Johnny Flynn, Simon Russell Bill, Hattie Maharan, Mark Gatus, Paul Ritter, uh, so um, Michelle Ashford has um, written a script which is based on a book, I believe, of the same name by Ben McIntyre, and it's directed by John Madden. And finally, people. It would seem that um, Joel, Gore Verbinski and uh, Dennis Kelly are teaming up to bring Sand Kings to life at Netflix. So this was a um, a, a story from George R. R. Martin. You know what I mean? Which uh, came out in 1979, actually. And uh, it follows Simon Cress, right? Who is a a wealthy uh, playboy. You know, he collects exotic animals. So he's probably a Tiger King type of person, right? And he discovers a terrarium filled with four colonies of creatures called sand kings which can grow to fit into whatever space they are kept in the creatures exist in four colonies each led by a large female called the moor who telepathically controls numerous insect-like mobiles who construct a sandcastle around her to protect her and find food for her. Each colony also engages in coordinated wars with one another. Simon begins starving them and gambling on the outcomes of the wars with friends but eventually they escape the terrarium and begin to take over his house as their hunger intensifies. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could definitely be interesting, right? Uh, it, it reminds me of a um, a story that was. I think it's in the outer limits. It was like these little m- creatures. I think they came from Mars or something, right? Which was creepy as hell. So yeah, uh, we will see what happens with that. You know, the original book won the Hugo and Nebula. So uh, let's see if the film can live up to that stature, right, people? But um, yeah, we are done. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Alright? So until then, people, enjoy your film watching and enjoy.